Okay, I guess you know what we're talking about today. We're going to talk about prayer. Just going to grab the table over here. And Steve and, and uh, Christy, you can come on up. My name is John, by the way. My name is John Latta, and uh, I am one of the pastors here at Westside. So if you're new today, you've come to an interesting week. This is a week that uh, is highly unusual. We're actually going to ask you to be a part of the service. If you want to ask some questions, we're going to have some mics and some things and some opportunity for you to ask anything and everything on prayer if you want to. Um, Dave and Bryna, Dave Steimers is our pastor. And if you're here for the first time, uh, he's the, normally the guy up here and he packs the place out. Obviously we don't. Uh, but the Dave and Bryna and uh, Arlene and Cliff Martz, they are away in Guatemala. They're getting a first-hand look uh, for this weekend for a few days of the care center uh, for uh, kids, uh, children and youth with special needs down in Guatemala that we have, uh, through our provision fund, uh, being fund, uh, did a campaign for uh, in, the, in the fall and in the, in the uh, Christmas time. So we just want to thank you for that, and we're looking for great stories from Dave and Bryna. So we are talking about prayer today. And uh, prayer is one of those topics that sometimes some people who are really into it are really into it. Most of us are scared to death of it. And so the reason why we're talking about it, though, is because at Westside, we want to be as healthy a church as we possibly can be. And in Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, it talks, it's a great verse to remind us of what the early church was all about. And the early church was about this. They said, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. The very essence of the early church was about these four things. It was about teaching. And that's just the idea that every Sunday we come and we have the opportunity to hear an amazing communicator like Dave. And we're, on, we're the recipients of great Bible teaching, but it also is an opportunity for us to do that in life groups. So teaching is a very core element of what the church should be. Fellowship, a cup of coffee after the church, meeting some new friends, uh, an opportunity maybe to have lunch when we have our monthly lunches after the service. I'll tell you a little bit more about that. Or maybe going out for lunch with a group of people, or maybe just like grabbing a coffee, like fellowship, or golfing with somebody, or whatever that is. These are part of a healthy church is having friendships that come out of fellowship. Breaking of bread, the opportunity to have communion is to reflect on what God gave us in his son Jesus, but also the sacrifice that Jesus gave for each one of us is that rhythm of making sure we never forget that. And then there's prayer. And in the simplest form, prayer is us talking to God, us talking and God listening, God talking and us listening. Yet for many of us, prayer is the hardest practice to understand. But as the early church made a commitment to have its foundations in the healthiest things possible, so we are here today and we, want to, we are here at Westside and we want to make sure that we are doing that uh, as best we can. So today... We have Steve Cox, and Steve Cox, you're going to, Steve, I'm going to give you a chance to introduce yourself. And we have Christy Latta, 
I know her well. You guys might not know her as well. They're going to help encourage us so that we can maybe develop a richer pattern of prayer in our own lives, but even as a pr- uh, that we can be a praying community. So we're going to do a little bit different, have a little bit of a panel discussion. I have a few questions, but then we also are going to be running some microphones up that any question is okay for prayer today. So uh, these guys are scared to death of those things, but um, I'm not because they're answering it, but there, there you go. So it'll be good. So think about some of those things. So um, I wouldn't call you professional prayer people. Is that the wrong thing to say? Experienced prayer people? Passionate prayer people? Okay, whatever it is. Okay. So why don't you guys introduce yourselves, tell us a little bit about your background and how you even are here at Westside. So my name is Christy and um, I'm glad you're all here today. When John said that about there being certain people who are really into prayer, I think I'm one of those people that's really... The, one of the first times we were with Dave, Dave said to me, hey, what do you like to do? And in hindsight, I think he meant extracurricularly, but I'm like, I love to pray. And then after I said it, I'm like, I feel so stupid. But I do, I love to pray, I'm passionate about it. So I've been part of a, oh, I'm married to John. We have three kids and two grandkids. And I have been part of a group that does listening prayer, which maybe we'll get around to in a bit. Um, for almost 10 years, and um, currently I am in school to become a spiritual director. So that's me. My name's Steve, and um, I'm uh, married to Ruth. And uh, between ourselves, we have five kids and five grandchildren hmm. at this point. And uh, we have uh, been coming to Westside since we started coming the fall of 2021. We moved from Toronto to um, uh, to Dundas, and uh, I'm um, I'm a retired pastor. The last church I pastored was in, in Toronto, and uh, yeah, prayer has also been uh, a passion in my life and something that uh, I've struggled with, like many, and, and, and grown in and had some great experiences in. So I'm I'm really um, uh, excited about uh, this focus that's coming in our church to be. Uh, to be a culture, have a culture of prayer. So, Steve, how would you define prayer? Um, I would define prayer as, as, as you said, uh, it's primarily a conversation between us and God. So, communicating, listening to God, and God listening to us. Uh, I would also, I'd also define it as a partnership, where God calls us. Uh, in his love, he calls us to partner with him in doing his work on earth and extending the kingdom. And so through prayer, we get to uh, to engage with God in that and to, and to pray for people, to pray for things and uh, uh, for his work to be done and, and to be to become uh, instruments of, of uh, his love on earth. Chrissy, do you have anything on that? Yeah. Um, for me, I would say it's about the intimacy of a relationship with, that you would develop with your best friend. Like here on earth, this John's my best friend. But when I come to Jesus, it's just developing that deep intimacy where you can tell him anything and just be blah, exactly who you are and know he loves you, he accepts you, and he wants to go deeper with you. That's what I would say. Okay, so when did you become so passionate about prayer? Um, so for me, I mentioned this listening prayer 
uh, group that I was part of. And what it is, it's, it's just really learning how to hear God's voice. And so I was part of it for a bit. And when it first started, I was like, I do not know what the heck is going on here. How are these people hearing these things? How are they seeing these pictures? I didn't understand it. And um, I got more and more involved. And then in 2014, I got diagnosed with breast cancer. And I had to take an entire year. Um, I think I was in lockdown before lockdown was a thing because the doctor, the oncologist said, don't go anywhere, just go to your appointment. So for one whole year, I was in my house and I was with Jesus. And that's when I started being able to understand and hear his voice. And it transformed my life because it became about a two-way conversation. It wasn't just me coming in, begging him for something. It was about getting into his presence and saying, Jesus, what do you think about this? What do you say about this? What do you want me to do about this? Where are you in this? Because, you know, so many things in that year were really hard and really scary. But I began to develop such a passion to hear his voice and such a passion and longing to just be with him and be in his presence. So that's when it started for me. Same for you. Yeah. When, when did, you, did you develop a passion for prayer? Um, I think I became a Christian when I was uh, 14. And uh, I grew up in a, a Christian family. Um, and, uh, but I wasn't really that um, serious about spiritual things for, for a number of years after that. It was like God was there. It was kind of like more fire insurance than anything in terms of my, my walk with God. Uh, but when I was in high school... Um, and that was that. I'm going to give away my age here. Uh, well, late, late 60s, early 70s. Um, there's a lot going on, and I just um, had a real hunger. I felt a real hunger. There's a lot going on, confronted with a lot of things. And then I wasn't, I believed in God. I went to church, was in youth group, but I just didn't feel that close to God. And so there's this real hunger, and I just. I'm not too sure why. I must have heard someone speak or something, but I decided to have a daily, what they call a daily quiet time, but just a time when I got home from school and before supper where I just spent some time with God. I had a little uh, paperback New Testament I'd read. And so I just started spending a bit of time with God. And, uh, and uh, I started, uh, the more I'd, effort I put into that, the more I started to experience God's presence. And the surprising thing was to experience God's joy, that this could be a, a joyful, powerful thing in my life. And so that just kind of, it just kind of grew from there. That's great. Okay, I'm going to give you one more question, and then we're going to start getting some questions from everybody here. Um, do you have any specific examples where there was significant answers to your prayers? Um, well, going back to my, my earliest experiences of prayer, um, one thing, and I don't, I don't know why I did this, but when I was like 16 or 17, I decided to have a prayer list. <laughs> and uh, in terms of uh, uh, you know, people and things that I prayed for. And was, I was just kind of brand new at this. And I, I did that for a year, and I ended up having a list of like 15 things on this list. Uh, people and situations that I prayed for, 15 or 20 things. And I just prayed for those things every day for a year. And what was so amazing and what was so encouraging to me at the time was at the end of that year, I looked at the list and I, I put a check beside each thing as it, as it was answered, if it was answered. And, and all but one, 
um, had been answered in that year. And some of them were big things. One, one thing was I was praying for another teenager I knew to, to come to know the Lord. And they did that year. And it's like, it just really, that really had a strong impact on me in terms of, um, again, that whole idea of partnership and that, wow, God actually hears my prayers. God responds to prayers and works in them. So that was a kind of a you know, life-changing experience for me. I think one of the stories that most sticks with me, um, John ran a ministry with for youth pastors for 17 years, so we had to raise support. So it's some, some really lean years in there, but um, we had three kids, and one of the things I always prayed for was that their teeth would be good, <laughs> which didn't happen. So forget about the part that wasn't answered. Let me tell you about the part that was. So our two daughters had braces. We went through that. And then our son, who's a bit younger, went to the dentist, and the dentist comes out, and he's like, he needs braces. And I remember dropping Eli off at school and sitting in the car and crying because I was like, Jesus, we can't afford braces. We don't have the money. And I just cried and um, came home and told John, but we didn't say anything to anybody about it. And then that Sunday, uh, a lady at church came up to me and she handed me an envelope and she said to me, this is from somebody, they don't want you to know who it is, but they just asked me to give you this. And I'm like, okay, thanks. Just had my name on it. So when I got home, I opened it and it was a money order for the exact amount of braces down to the penny. And we hadn't told a soul. We cried to God. He heard that prayer and he answered it. And that to me, I've never forgotten. It's just his goodness and his kindness. And um, it's a testimony to who he is and how he hears and how he moves. How come that didn't happen with the car, though, that we wanted? <laughs> okay, no, I'm teasing. Okay, we're going to ask some questions. Okay, some of you all have been texting in, so those are great. But we also have microphones, right? We're a well-oiled machine here. Okay, you guys ready? Okay, so we have, if anybody put your hand up if we want some live questions as well, or if you just want to text in, that's perfectly fine. Um, I have a question before you hear these questions. So I'm golfing, and I'm on the 16th hole. There's water about 40 yards in front of me, okay? And maybe there's like sand traps on either side, and I pray to God to give me this shot, is that a prayer? Is that like an? Is that like a real thing? Are you saying is it? And a, I'm actually is, not joking about that. Is it a legitimate prayer? Is it a legitimate prayer? Sure, it is. God wants us to pray about everything. Um, he may not plan to improve your golf game. I know. Okay, that's but not anyways, that but he one. does okay. want us to. <laughs> but he might. <laughs> but he wants us to pray about everything and bring everything to him. Yeah. He just doesn't answer those ones. Okay, so. Here's a, couple, here's a question that just came in. Um, I feel like one of the hardest concepts for people to understand is how to listen to God. We all know how to speak to God, but can you help how to listen to someone who doesn't audibly speak to us? Right. Yeah, I think listening to God is such an important thing to, to learn. And I think the biggest thing is it is a learning process to learn to, to listen uh, to the voice of God and to, and, to, and to hear his voice. And so just to be patient with ourselves in terms, and not to give up too soon in, in uh, pursuing to hear God's voice. 
the other thing is to um, you know, have the discipline of at some time during the day just sitting down and, and uh, spending a few minutes with God, just uh, getting away from all the distractions. And for some of us, that just may be for five minutes. Um, and what I do, I just I, I sit down, and I usually have a journal, and I just ask God, what are you saying today? And I just, I just kind of sit in silence. And um, it's amazing uh, what, what can happen gradually uh, as, we, as we hear God's voice. And, he'll, and, to, and to realize that God wants to speak to us. So those are some of the things. Okay. Christy, I have a different question for you. Okay. Is that okay? You did good, Steve. Yeah. How are some ways you stay engaged with God in prayer when you feel distant from him or let down by him? especially after you feel your prayers have gone unanswered. Yeah, we all feel like we've had unanswered prayers, don't we? And um, I'm sure we all feel at some point like God's distant. And I think one of the things I've learned um, when I have sensed God is distant or when I've really prayed and believed for a specific answer and it didn't quite turn out that way. I think one of the ways I stay uh, connected with God is to trust who he is. So I can't be looking at the circumstances to determine who God is. I have to look at who God is and who he has said he is. And I don't want it that to sound like religious at all. It's just that's what I do. I go back to who God is and his character and the truth of who he is, that he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He is faithful. He is not changing. We sang that this morning. You are the same God. He doesn't change. In Hebrews, I'm the same yesterday, today, forever. And so that's what, in those times when I feel distant, I feel like um, God isn't answering, I hold on to who he is until things begin to... Um, turn a little bit so that I can sense his presence. But just going back and just speaking out, okay, God, you've said in your word, you are here with me. You are here with me. I'm going to trust that you're here with me. You're moving even when I can't see it. I'm going to trust that you're moving. And then just hold on to that. Does anybody have a live question? No? Okay, there's lots of texts coming in. And thank you, by the way, for uh, giving me advice on my golf game. <laughs> um, they say, bind the demon. Yeah, bind the demon. <laughs> okay, number, uh, Steve, how do you explain prayer to a non-believer? How do you make it sound encouraging? And then it says here in brackets, I'm praying for you. Thank you. Um, again, I think it's just, uh, for someone who's just on the journey and uh, may not... Um, you identify as being Christian or a God believer at, at this point, but you're obviously um, hungry and, and on a journey, a spiritual journey, again, I'd, I'd say it is just talking with God and, and to know that God wants a, a relationship with you. Uh, and no matter what you've been through, uh, no matter what you've done, and uh, how good or bad you feel about that, um, I think if for someone who's coming to God, it's important to know that God accepts us. Jesus said, um, I will never turn away anybody who comes to me. Uh, that's, that's a wonderful promise. 
and it's, of course it's it's because of his forgiveness that's available to us. But uh, sometimes when we first come into God, we feel we can feel unworthy. Uh, and uh, will God accept me? Will God listen to me? And the answer is yes. Uh, Jesus just says, "Come, and uh, come to me, and uh, talk to me, and I'll, I'll I'll talk to you also." So just to know that, and uh, and to uh, come with confidence, to know that God hears you. So, lots of questions are coming in. So I hope I'm. Some of these are similar, but here's a specific one. Steve prays to God. Christy says she prays to Jesus. Practically for a new Christian or a seeker, who do we pray to? And where does the Holy Spirit fit in? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question because that gets, uh, it's like, who are, you who are you talking to? And that gets down to the fact that uh, in Christianity, we believe in a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So all three are, are, are God, uh, one and three and three and one. And I think it's okay to pray to God the Father. It's okay to pray to Jesus. It's okay to pray to the Holy Spirit even. Uh, I, I wouldn't get too technical about it. That would be, that'd be my answer. Some people uh, they feel more of an identification with Christ, with Jesus. And uh, so just you know, pray to him or you can pray to the Father in Jesus' name. Christy, here's one for you. We're becoming new parents. How do we introduce praying or the understanding of prayer to a child? Well, congratulations on becoming new parents, whoever that is. It's like a million people here. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things that I think, especially when you're a parent and life gets busy, um, is just to know that Jesus walks with you in everything and to introduce your child to the fact that, hey, we're going to go somewhere now and Jesus is with us or we're going to do something and we're inviting Jesus along. Like just keeping Jesus as central, like he's always present. He's always there. He's always with you. And so to just incorporate Jesus into everything, into everything you do. And um, I mean, we tried to do devotions <laughs> after dinners. Uh, sometimes it went good, sometimes not so good. Um, so rather than making it set times, we must have devotions at supper so that our children will know that we love Jesus. It's about just walking with Jesus with your child, just walking. And if they have fallen and hurt themselves, then we ask Jesus to heal them. And, you know, it's just, it's probably a really simplistic answer, but it's what I can offer. Just walk with Jesus with your child and let that just be part of who you are and part of your relationship and part of your family and part of life. Steve, this one's for you. I understand the concept of prayer as building a closeness with God, but I don't understand the idea of changing God's actions about something in the world. For example, does Steve think that had he not prayed for his friend, would not had not prayed, his friend would not have come to know God. Okay. There's some real theological issues in that question. Uh, basically, and, and, and you only have like a few seconds. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Do our prayers actually influence the outcome of things? Or are, are things just predetermined? So... Um, 
there's two ways that Christians often answer that general question, and it's it, it terms, it, in terms of worldview. And some Christians have uh, what I would call a blueprint worldview, and some have what I would call a dynamic warfare worldview of how God works and uh, our prayers. So the blueprint worldview would be this. God has predetermined everything, predestined everything, so whatever happens is God's will. And so, you know, one person who believes that point of view actually said, you know, when the, fl when the planes flew into the towers uh, uh, in 2001, God had planned that. That was part of God's will. Uh, and we don't understand why. We'll find out one day. So I find that point of view, I have trouble with that point of view. I just don't see it uh, biblically or, or practically. The other, the other point of view is, is the dynamic warfare worldview, where God, uh, we are, the kingdom is, is now and not yet. So God is at work. We're, we live in a fallen world. Um, not everything that happens is God's will. Uh, but God is constantly at work, uh, extending his kingdom, reaching out to people, answering our prayers. And he calls us into partnership with him uh, to, uh, to pray. And sometimes he'll put someone on our heart. He'll put a situation on our heart. And he'll call us to pray for that. And I, and I believe that uh, our prayers do make a difference. Uh, so, yeah, I think um, you can take this to an extreme where you, you can become burdened by that. And, and I don't think God wants us to become overburdened by that, like, oh, if I don't pray, the world's going to fall apart. Uh, I just think we just need to um, respond to God and pray in response to the leading of his Holy Spirit for us and in our situation and for the people that we're with. But, but I firmly believe that God... Um, can work. So yeah, I think in response to the example that person used, um, I, don't, I, I think it's important that we pray for things. I think sometimes if God is leading us to pray and we don't, maybe it won't happen. If we do pray, it's more likely to happen. It's, it's dynamic. That would be my answer. Okay. Christy, you've already referenced folks having challenges with prayer. Can you help me understand what you mean by that? Do you have examples of those challenges, either on your own or those you've mentored. Thank you. <laughs> okay, just so you know, I wasn't a fan of the ask any question thing. I like to be prepared. <laughs> but anyway, um, sure, I've definitely had challenges with praying. Um, there's been things I prayed for. For example, when I was first diagnosed with breast cancer, Initially, the doctor's like, oh, you know what? It's little. It's, you know, maybe a couple rounds of radiation. You're good to go. And so I'm like, oh, okay, that's manageable. And then some tests were run, and they're like, oh, sorry. Bad news for you. You have to have the full meal deal, which was how they described it. And I was like, okay, this was not what I was planning. God, what in the world? Where are you? Like, that to me was a challenge, getting my head around that this happened. And I think it goes back when we're really feeling that there's challenges that we're not sure what to do with, we're not sure how to pray for them or to pray about them. That's when I would say, 
get your Bible, invite the Holy Spirit to give you something that you can stand on. And that is what, that's what I did. I can only share what I did in those challenging, in that specific challenging season. I got God's word and I stood on what he said, on who he is. And it didn't mean the challenges went away, but it meant that as I stood with him and as I stood on him in the midst of them, there was this strength he gave. There was this grace he gave. Because he says, my grace is sufficient for you. Every moment, his grace was sufficient. And that's how um, that challenge I was able to walk through because standing on who he was, standing on what he said on his word, I was able to get through that challenge. Does that answer that question? With the amount of time we have, it's perfect. So, Sorry. Yes. No, no, no. You, you did a great job. Um, there's a lot of questions coming in, and so they're coming in in a different order. We're not going to get to them all, but there's, very, there's themes in these questions. But um, I want to know your final thoughts of encouragement because we actually do need to... Cl- to close down in the band. You guys can come up if you want because we're going to finish soon. What is the strangest thing you've ever prayed for? And each of you answer that question. The strangest thing. Um, well, when, um, when our kids were young, uh, my first wife and I would, uh, would uh, have daily devotions with them. And, uh, and we would encourage them. We, we, we made it fun. We made it interactive. We'd have a little Bible story. And then we'd, we'd um, say, well, what do you want to pray for? Do you have something you want to pray for today? And, you know, sometimes it would be a problem at school, help me to get along with my friend. And a um, number of times the kids, there's one time I remember where uh, they had lost a very important toy and, um, and had spent two or three days looking for it. And, of course, we, we want to make prayer real to them, that, that, hey, this is real, it works, that God's listening. And so I forget what the toy was, but they were quite upset that they'd lost this toy. So we said, well, let's pray about, ask God to help us find this toy. It seems so insignificant and silly. Uh, and then after we were done, let's go look for it. So we did that, and, like, within 30 seconds, we found it. And they were just so excited. I, I think that made such a, an, a big impression on them. So that's kind of a strange thing to pray for, but we did it. Christy, I think I know what you're going to do. You're going to share. Can I tell that story? Sure, sure. Okay. So at our, the church we were at previously, um, I got an email. It was a long weekend in the summer, and I got an email from one of the ladies in the church, and she's like, okay, we have a problem in our house with a rat. And she sent me pictures, and like this rat, they'd had it in their house for months. They had tried every extermination company possible. They'd gotten those really super sticky, like industrial sticky things to catch this rat, and they would go down to look in the morning, and there was fur on the sticky thing, but the rat was gone. The rat was in their walls behind their bed, and it would go back and forth at night. She sent me pictures of devastation of all it had chewed in. Like, this was really, really rough for their family. And it was, so a, she, it was a really nice house in Burlington. Yeah, it was yes, a nice just house. Here, yeah. yeah, and she was mortified that they had to yeah. keep getting these exterminators in with their cars in the driveway in their neighborhood. Um, 
So anyway, she asked me if I could come and pray over their home. And so I read it, and I'm like, okay. And immediately, God put the verse in my spirit, Luke 10, 19. I've given you authority over snakes and scorpions. And I'm like, hmm, sure, that includes rats, too. So, and nothing shall by any means harm you. So I'm like, okay, Jesus, I can go in your authority. What do you want me to do? Because I've never done this before. So he started giving me verses to pray throughout the home. And so I wrote all the verses down, and I took some anointing oil, and the anointing oil signifies that this home and this family is set apart for Christ. So went to their home. Everywhere where that rat had been in their house, um, I prayed the scripture over it, anointed it with oil, did that through the entire home, prayed for the family, and went home. And so then the next day, was it was a holiday Monday. I got up, opened up my emails, and there was a picture she sent to me of the rat dead on the floor. No traps, no nothing, a dead rat. It was obliterated. They have no idea, well, other than God, how it died because there, there was nothing. But it was the power of God. It was honestly, that's what it was. It was the power of God in their lives, showing their children that he cares, that he answers, that a rat, a problem with a rat is important to him. And so that was the strangest prayer request, but one of the coolest, too. It was really cool. Any final thoughts, just an encouragement to our church family? Um, just do it. Just, just, um, just start praying. And uh, it doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, God loves it when we choose uh, a relationship with him and to grow in a relationship with him. So he's wanting... Uh, to uh, communicate with us even more than we are with him. So he's, he's with you, he's in you, he's for you in the journey of prayer. And I would just say, if I can just do a little blessing, I just want to bless each of you to grow in your hunger for Jesus, for prayer, for intimacy, for a passionate, deep relationship with him. Because... That's the longing. He longs for that with you more than we long for it. And so I'm, it is my prayer for us as individuals and for our church as a family that we would be people who just have a holy hunger for Jesus above everything else and that we can experience that one of the ways through prayer. Thank you. There's a bunch of questions that are here, and there's no names attached, so obviously you're not in, in my address book, which is fine. Uh, I'll say I'm going to give Christy my phone this afternoon, and Christy, you can answer all of these people. I think that would be great. And if you don't know the answer, give it to Steve, so we'll figure it out. But no, honestly, there's some great questions here, so we want to make sure that at least there's some perspective here. And if you want to, come and talk to Christy or Steve after the service. Just some final words. Thank you for listening. This is different, right? It's a little bit different. It's good to have stories. It's good to have people come up that are uh, maybe a little bit farther ahead of us in life on some of these things. And so, Steve and Christy, thank you so much for being here. I know you... Oh, there you go. A little bit of prayer. A little bit... Just a couple final words, because I know you need a little teaching, and then the band is going to give us a song that's an actual prayer. Um, Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And Jesus also said, 
Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the wind blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall. Why? Because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. We are committed that prayer becomes a, is a foundation of this church. And when we just talk about it, we're going to do what Jesus said. We're going to put it into practice. And so what we'd like to invite for you is, is that there's three ways that are super easy if you want to get involved in prayer. If you need someone to pray for you, this Connect card, which we talk about every week, and by the way, if you're here for the first time and you fill that out, uh, the Connect card side and put it in the basket, we have a little gift for you. Uh, but on the back of it, it actually says here, I have a prayer request or comment. That is available for you any week. If you don't feel like you can approach somebody or you still feel like you need prayer, and even if it's completely anonymous, don't put your name on it, please, that's available in your seat that you can be prayed for. The other thing is we are going to start introducing is something called personal prayer after the service. And so even today, Steve and Christy uh, are going to be available. We're going to do that in the corner. If there's something that you need prayer, prayer for even today, we're going to start this. Dave's going to start it through his next, or wants us to initiate it today through the next service that if you need prayer, you can be prayed for in the corner. And then as you see is that we have uh, Christy and Steve and then Dave. They are going to be beginning um, a, learning, a prayer learning group. And uh, the learning group will be four weeks, and they're going to start in March. And there's so much, so many areas of prayer. And uh, if you want to be involved in it, there's a sign-up device that's on the website. I believe it. What is it? What is it? Oh, westsidehamilton.com groups, and then you can find that. But it'll be the first two weeks in March, then off for March break, and then the last two weeks in March, and it's on Thursday night. So please be a part of that group too. We want to develop a, a ministry of prayer here that's strong and healthy, but we also want to have a prayer team that's part of our future as well. So we've invited the band to come up, and so we're not going to close in prayer like we normally do. We're going to sing a song called The Blessing, and it is a prayer, and it's another way through song that we can be praying. There you go, guys.